The Mechab was talking about a a certain personality that is more inclined that's more inclined to Yerushalayim it's naturally more inclined a personality of Dakus as opposed to Gasus more of a sensitive <coughs> soft, gentle type of a person is naturally more inclined to feeling a certain sense of awe or a feeling that the older person or the wiser person or the, the greater person is is somebody that I should listen to or hear be respectful towards and so on it's a, it's a personality of respect it's a personality of of being receptive and humble that obviously carries over from one's relationship to people to relationship to Baruch and if a person by nature is more mechutzif more azistic less receptive feels less of a distance between himself and someone greater then that's going to naturally that's going to affect his Yerushalayim his relationship with the Baruch and taking into account the nature of the generation that we're living in, that there's never been such a, there's never been such a chutzpah generation as this last generation before Mashiach, and in the Western world, the chutzpah, the Azis, where people could feel buddy buddy with older people. Uh, I once mentioned to you, I remember when I was growing up, that, that there was somebody on my block that he, he called his father by his first name. He called his father by name, Aaron. He called his father Aaron, and and uh, my father once heard this. My father said, "You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to play with him." I remember, which my father thought was a very easy thing. That's just tell like your neighbor, you can't play with him. I said, "You know, what am I supposed to do?" We're, we're, we're friends. We play ball. To my father said, "You're not allowed to play with him." So my father said, "Play with the guy on the block. Don't play with him." So my father said, "A guy is a guy. Don't play with him. Don't play with him." Because he said, he, my father said his life he never heard to say. He called his father by his first name. Aaron. And I remember what he was saying, because my father was walking by, and I remember thinking, oh boy, this is going to be bad. I don't know if my father heard it. He didn't say anything then, but then when I got home later, he says, you know, you don't play with him anymore. It's not to be with a person. It's to call a father by his first name. So we're living in a time of unbelievable, as his father, but that's very extreme. Even though he was a nice kid, nice, and he was nice to his father, but so there are a lot of people that call the father daddy or tati or abba, but they're not. But the, well, the there isn't that sense of 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 awe and of respect, and that affects a person's yoshamai. So he continues here and says in the middle of page kutsadigvav. This is, let's try to learn to understand this more in Pneumius. <coughs> the root of a person's hergation, uh, of a person's emotions, are found in the Nishama. Let's pay close attention. He says a, a very 
is a, a sharp nakud here that we have to remain focused. The root of a person's hergation are found in the neshama, the emotions. The root of the emotions are in one's soul, but they become enclosed and they express themselves through our physical existence. The muscle, for instance. There's a certain great exalted mida that's called ahava, love. That mida of love comes from the sphere of chesed, it's a very, very great and exalted sphere. It's, it's the highest of the seven lowest spheres. It's chesed, kvot, fes, chesed. That's where Ahava comes from. It's a very spiritual thing. Therefore, the root of Ahava inside each and every one of us is the love that our neshama feels, every Jewish neshama feels for what? It's HaKadosh Baruch as Knesset to sell the Jewish people, Torah, Mitzvahs, That's the root of Ahava. Love in its original form inside each and every one of us, and even now as we speak, the highest root of love <coughs> is for those things that are spiritual. It's for things of Ruchnis. The, the, the Hergish of Ahava is from the sphere of Chesed, and the love of Torah, the love of Mitzvah, the love of Yidin, and so on—all of that is where is what our capacity to love. It's what the Mida of Ahav is connected to. Now, that's the Neshama in its root and source. When the Neshama becomes enclosed in the physical body, what happens is this is a very big Indian in the teachings of the Balsham Tov HaKadosh, which Taldus Yaakov Yossi writes a lot about, and we've spoken about over the years. When the Neshama is Mislabesh, is Besayich Guf. When the Neshama, however, becomes enclosed in the physical body, what happens is that HaGuf Lekech is Kayach HaHavro, Mishtamesh Berletzarachov. Then the body takes that Midah of Ahava, of love, and uses the Mida of Ahava for all sorts of interesting things. To the point that a person says, I love you know, I love a barbecue. I love the Yankees. You know, I, I love uh, the weather today, whatever it might be. So the Midas Ahava, which in its root and source is really in love with Torah Mitzvahs and Yiddishkeit and Eden and so on, and Akash the Midah of Ahava, when it falls down into this world, into the Guf, when our Neshama becomes enclosed in the Guf, in the body, then Ahava, then love, then love falls into the world of the Guf, where a person, a person loves, he loves to eat. Where the word that a, per, a person can use the same word, he could say, um, I feel I feel that I really, really deeply care for this person. I feel that I love this person. The person can say in the same breath, I feel that the, we're having problems with the uh, market today. Say the same with shyness. I feel that I really love this uh, new restaurant that opened up. And I feel I really love my wife. 
these little shyness are interchangeable to such a degree is there confusion what happens to the midah of Ahava when it descends into the, into the guf, into the body so a person loves eating he loves eating he loves, he loves uh, sports or playing, whatever it is what is the basic difference? What's the basic what's the basic chilik between the feelings of the emotions of the soul itself and the feelings of the emotions of the soul when it becomes enclosed and trapped in the in the body? The answer is, of course. The hergeshim, it's not just a matter of the object of love. What we spoke about a moment ago was the object of love. Right? I love Choland. I love Choland. Uh, I, 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 I love Torah. What's the object of your love? That's what we were talking about until now. But it's not only a matter of what the object of love is. It's not just a question of what is it that you love. It's also how you love. What is the emotion of love? There's a very big chilik. The hergeshim of the neshama and hergeshim ruchniyim. It's not just a matter of what the neshama loves. It's how the neshama loves. The neshama is very sublime and very deep. It's the neshama. And therefore, the way that it loves is in a way that is subtle, sublime, and private, personal, and deep. That's how the neshama loves. It's not just what it loves, but how it loves. Because that's the nature of the neshama. The neshama is not loud. The neshama is not loud. It's not public. It's not coarse. The neshama is delicate, gentle, soft-spoken, private, and sweet. That's the nature of the neshama. It sees, but it's not seen. That's the way the neshama wants it. The neshama wants to see, but does not want to be seen. That's the nature of the neshama. So, so therefore, it's Therefore, it must be that the way the neshama feels something is in a way that's dak, meaning very refined, very gentle and soft. And the neshama ain't a gasa. The neshama is not coarse. It's not coarse. It's ain't a gasa. Kolamahus shel han neshama zuhis batlus. The essence of the neshama, as is explained at length in all of the svaragadashim, the nature of the neshama is his batlus. That means to feel completely bottled, nullified in the presence of God, but not just in the presence of God. To feel his battles in the presence of, some, of anything that's greater, to feel a sense of humility. That's the nature of the neshama, his battles. The neshama is, does not have an ego. The guf. The guf takes the neshama, and the guf uses the neshama to inflate a self perception that's called the ego. The nature of the neshama itself is that it's bottle mavutl mamish. It doesn't hold from itself. The neshama, the nature of the neshama is his batlus. Where there's his batlus, there's silence, there's respect, 
That's what Hizbatlus means. Silence and respect. Where there's, his, where there's the more spiritual, the more refined, the more Hizbatlus, the greater the silence, the greater the respect. That's the nature of spirituality. Therefore, it does not have coarseness, loudness. It doesn't have that. The whole nature of the neshama is dakis. Next page. On the other hand, what happens to feelings as they emerge from the body, how a person feels once the neshama is joined together with the guf hergeshim shel guf ahashayachim la'elam achayna when it comes to the hergeshim of how emotions are experienced and how emotions are demonstrated, are displayed when it comes to the elam achayna, to the physical world that is the that is the Dalramas, uh, that is the domain of the guf, the physical world. As soon as emotions become connected to physical reality, they take on physical properties. The neshama takes on these hergation. These emotions take on physical properties when they become connected to physical things. A stake is very physical. And, and when a person feels, uh, uh, when he feels a, a, a great, uh, feels a great need to have something to eat, and a pleasure when it comes to, to eating, and so on, that's because the hergation emotions, which originate from a very silent, very subtle and soft place, but when the emotions become connected to the guf, and play themselves out in the Olam HaChaymer, in the physical world, then they pick up. They pick up stuff. You can take the most beautiful snowball, and if it starts off on top of the mountain, as it gets closer to the town, and it rolls down, so it starts to get black and dirty. And that happens to the snow itself, as it comes from this, down from, from Shemaim, it comes into this world. It starts to pick up stuff along the way. And it takes on other characteristics. The origin and source of emotions is very refined, very pure, and very quiet and gentle. And most importantly, humble, his battles. As the emotions roll into this world and they get closer to New York, which is the body, so then it picks up all kinds of stuff along the way. And it becomes more coarse and thick and loud and... Immodest and egotistical, more of a sense of self. The closer the snowflake is to Shemaim, the more the snowflake feels his battles to where it came from. Once the snowflake ends up, once the snow ends up in the slush on the city street, it already feels like it's uh, one of the one of the guys. You know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't believe in God anymore. The snow just sees itself as being something which is part of the mess on the street and then it has all kinds of plans about how it's going to make people slip and and going to cause you know, traffic delays and so on that's not how the snow was originally 
where it comes from, the snow is just very, very beautiful and very pure. But by the time it ends up on the street, it's making trouble. It has more of a, a feeling of, you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I, I, I'm, uh, I'm a, a part of a blizzard. I'm a, big, I'm a very big Indian. And my mitzvah is to cause aggravation to people and to cause cars to get stuck and to cause uh, people to fall and so on. That's not the shayish. That's not what the snow is. And it's in the etzim of what it is. It's very beautiful and pure. And, and very soft and, and, and wonderful. And, and it's it's totally misbattled to the Bari Island. But that's how it is. So what happens now? The dogma. So now we have an interesting thing. Adam Ayhev Aychal. A person loves food. Loves food. Loving food is not the same thing as loving as loving Tyra. It's not even the same thing as loving your wife and children. Which is also a gasadiki thing. It depends who the person is. It depends what kind of relationship you have with your wife and your children. But loving food, that's Adam Ayyavaych. person loves food. It's a big Indian food. It's a big Indian. My wife told me that she was giving them, she, she's teaching the sales of Sharman Shul this year to the ladies on Tuesday morning and and the uh, and well, I have to give you back your Englishman. I have the English so I'm never going back to you. So I'm sorry. But the the um, she, she said that they were talking yesterday. With the Mitzvah speaks about how a person comes to the tachas of a person is to think before you do something or say something, while you're doing something, and after you're doing something. So like the ladies start to go crazy. Like what do you mean? How can you? What do you mean to think before you do? Why you can't be like a normal person? To think before, during, after you're doing something with, how do you think? But then one lady said, you know, I could understand that. So I said, oh. So I felt this out to me. She says, oh, what are you, what are you? She says, yeah, I think about every time with eating, I think about every single time what I'm going to eat. I think about what I, while I'm eating it that I'm gaining, getting fat. And I think afterwards, horrible and miserable about that I ate this. This is the only thing that, so then they all start to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the inner, there's such a mitzvah that a person can think about something before, during, and after. Such a mitzvah. Food. Food, especially with women, is a very deep in you. Because I was thinking, it goes back to Chavu, the Eitzadas. It's a very big in with women. Eitzadas. Food, it's called the Eitz, the food, the tree of thinking. It's an amazing thing. To have an Indian with women with food. Also, a lot of men, but not like with women. Women have with eating. The average woman, and I know this is a radical thing to say, the average woman is obsessed with food. Obsessed. For or against. But obsessed with food. The av- I don't mean that something that's unusual. The average woman, those of you who are married, and if your wives ever talk about it, I, have to, I think that I have one of my, there's an Indian with my wife, because she never had to worry about her weight. She never, she never seemed to have an Indian like that. There, but any woman that ever had, which a lot of them, especially when they have children, start having yonim with their weight. But even before that, the girls, because of the society we're living in, such a sick society that if somebody is not skinny, that they're already like you know, they're, they're not marriageable and it's not good and so on. So the women, they, the eating union, it's unbelievable. What does that do in the shavish of the neshama? The eat not the. Or what a person eats. What a person needs to have. I, I come home 
you come home, you can have one of my daughters that she's making a salad. She's working on a salad or a dressing for like a half hour, 45 minutes. And I always say, not that I don't enjoy something that tastes good. I said, but it's not kedai. It's just not kedai. 45 minutes of your life to give, to make a salad. But dad, you enjoy it? I'm I'm I didn't grow up with salads. We didn't have salads in my house. It became a thing. Even when we were married, just the girls that got into that, I don't know. I said, I'm It's not to be. Then you ask my wife, the truth is that that I'm happy with it. I like boiled chicken with chayim. I'm, I'm happy with that. It's fine. I don't have like these advanced, complicated things, and you know, I only eat chocolate ice cream. I'll never try another flavor. <laughs> just that's you know, that's how it is. But eating is a beginning. It's a very beginning. It's not from the neshama. The neshama loves the the. In two, there are two again two nafkamins. One is what the neshama loves and how it loves. What does it love? It loves things that are more that are spiritual. How does it love? In a very, very delicate, soft-spoken way of his battles. His battles. When it comes, once the neshama is joined with the guf, and in our guf, and and in it, and, and, and in the and in the relationship that we have with the world, then a person says, Adam, I have eichel. I love food. I love food. Now, there's something very unusual. There's something very, very strange that's happening. The neshama inside of us hears the owner, the balabas, the owner of this neshama, he hears the person saying, Boy, do I love these onion rings. Boy, I love these. Pass them over. Pass them over. And the neshama is sitting there this is what's become of me. That that this person who is me is saying, I love onion rings. And not just thinking about it. That I like, you know, that onion rings are tasty. But you pass over, there are only five left. Get them over here. You know, good. Strong. The onion rings is so much thicker and more coarse than Torah and Mitzvahs and the Rav So we have a problem. There's a big, there's a big problem. You'll see because there are two levels to the issue here. If we look into this and we think about this, we'll see. That even among the food lovers, so let's talk now about the people that love food. Even people who love food, generally they can be divided into two groups, the food lovers. They can be divided into, food, into two groups. This is a very interesting thing. And listen carefully. There are among the food lovers. There are those food lovers who the food that, that which the food that they love is more edel. The food is more edel. What does that mean? Have, how do you have edel of food? Take a salad. A salad. Trace. I don't know exactly. Something. There's food that's loud, and there's food that's coarse, and there's food, and there's food that's more 
quiet and gentle. So there are people that they I haven't Varmadinim Zakim Vidakim. Usually has some connection with the stuff that's written on the numbers that are on the side of the box. Usually, right? You, you know, uh, to compare a cucumber to a super duper fudge sundae hot sun, you know, this with uh, cherry on top. We understand there's a chilling. It's not just the amount of calories. The, the, the cucumber is is uh, is an edible, humble food, and the and the super duper super duper sundae is, uh, you know. Is is a Balgaiva. Doesn't mean to be. That's the Mitzis, the Balgaiva. The cucumber says it's not me. It's not me. I, I, I just. Uh, and the and the the big, the big ice cream thing with the cherry top says, give a cook. This is something, right? I'm something. They're foods that are by nature. Obviously, the more that you patch it with the the, the the more that you patch it with the food, the more you change it from what it originally is. Then the more gasistic it is. The more you change the food and mess with it. Yeshnam anashim, I have dvarmadinim, zakim, vidakim. There are people who, by nature, they, they love things that are more adin. Again, more softer, less coarse, more gentle. Zakim, more refined, and dakim, simple, so on. Vyesh anashim shayahavim archal yoisa gas. Then you have the 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 rib you know the rib pressers uh, they like food they're, they're they're more connected to the to the heavy duty stuff and by the way it's lavdavka with money what's more expensive what's expensive it's lavdavka because you can get food that's very dark as dick and the, and they're charging a belt of money for it and you get food that's very gas as dick of food and uh, it's cheap right. It's not a question of money. It's about the nature of the food. I mean, you can go to a fancy hotel and you can get a seltzer. Now, uh, where was I? I was someplace. I had to. I don't know. I think I got like a. I didn't get a seltzer because I don't. I don't. I wouldn't pay for a seltzer. But I must have gotten something <laughs> like a diet coke or something. And um, and it was it was like five dollars or something. Maybe that, I don't know. Does that sound normal? Five dollars was for a glass of a. a restaurant. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. But then, you know, you can't give it back. <laughs> that was a crazy thing. It has to do with it. Still, they charge much. They charge crazy prices. The people that they nature is that they like food that's more, more gas, more gas. America is famous for that. America is famous for the gas is dicker food. There are people from other cultures that they they can't understand. Somebody was just telling my wife, my, we were talking at the table the other day, she said how what they call here, what Jews call Chinese food. We call Chinese food. So someone was telling my wife, there's this person, a Balshuva, that was over and said in Chi- that, 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 that this person, this Balshuva, was in China for three years in school. In Japan, in China, I don't remember. said, but the, the Chinese wouldn't, they, they wouldn't call this. What, what the Jews call Chinese food? When they go to the Maishi uh, Pekings or whatever, and it's probably not even around, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, the Chinese restaurant, the, the Chinese wouldn't call it. So what's the chiluk? So said the Chinese are not, uh, they're, they're mostly very poor people. They have a belt of rice, and they'll have sometimes a little bit of something in the rice. You know what I'm saying? 
Whereas by the America, not just by the Jews, but by the America, when they call Chinese food, it's like tons of stuff with rice, <laughs> but like tons of other stuff. So that no, no Chinese person would eat that. They would look at us as chazer mamas. They don't eat that way. They don't eat that. They don't eat that kind of stuff. And they and they and when they eat, they also eat it with an edelkite. It's interesting. They eat slowly. She was saying with an edelkite, how they eat, and even the way that they eat with the called this chopsticks. America, you can't eat chopsticks. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. You know, our parents are proud of us. We use spoons, not ladles. <laughs> not to take it straight from the pot. That's Chinese. The, and the, the, te- the spirituality is very stark. I mean, it's not it's not, but it's but the spiritual people. The spiritual people. And how they eat and what they eat is more spiritual. It's more dachistic. How they eat and what they eat is more of a dachist, more of an edelkai. That's how they eat. It's the way they eat and what they eat. They wouldn't. They wouldn't uh, go for this. What they bring out the Chinese menu. They eat those food. Ma'in those foods. But she said that if you talk to any of these Chinese that they hire in the back to cook, they make fun all the time. The Americans, the pigs, American animals. They never prepare such things in China. Over there, they could check one cow for a year. Here, every every ten minutes, they're checking another cow. You understand? What's the difference? It's interesting. That difference between two people reveals, reveals, to some, in some way, reveals how that person's neshama is more revealed and more in charge than the other person's neshama. It can be something that's not true. Obviously, we're talking about even with Lavdu. But there's a. It re, Meaning, this nakuda of eating even what you eat is being more gas or more dark, thicker, thinner, reveals a madrega of how the, this person's neshama is expressing itself more or expressing itself less. What's, what's in charge here more, the body or the soul? Could be that this guy's the firmest guy. He goes to the mikvah ten times a day, but he's fressing on he's fressing on all kinds of. Uh, um, Thick foods. So there's a different. Not to say it's better that it, it's better that a, a person should eat steak all day long and be an ale of beer. It's obviously not talking about that. But he's talking about a certain predisposition, an inclination. There's a more spiritual person and there's a more physical person. The one who's more spiritual comes out in how he eats and what he eats. The one who's more physical it comes out in everything, in how he eats and what he and what he eats. <coughs> The more refined, the less coarse, the more refined and the feelings of a person's body are. That means that this nakuda of gentleness and fineness and refinement has not been totally lost. It's still part of his life. He... he Eats in a, in a in a more gentle way. <coughs> he interacts with the world in a way where the world is not consuming him. Where the world is not is not in charge of him. He eats he eats and acts in a way where he's in charge of the world, where he dicta- he dictates to his body what to eat and how to live. <coughs> 
And the more a person's emotions are <coughs> bound to the coarseness of the physical world, what we can learn from this is not only that the person, not only that the hegish, that that distinction between ruchnius and gashmius has become thick. It's not only that there's a difference that the neshama is very refined and soft and gentle and the body is very thick and, and unrefined and physical. Even, even he says, <coughs> even with the hergeshim that a person has, a ruchniyazdika person has hergeshim emotions that are more gentle and refined. And a more magushimdika person, a more gasadika person, even his spirituality is, is louder and less refined. Misha ha'ivui shalohu rak ivui miruchnis lagashmi is. So there, as I said, there are two stages, two levels. A person in whom the thickness, the ivui, the thickness, the meaning the coarseness, is rak ivui miruchnis lagashmi is, is only in that transition from the spiritual to the physical. But still the hargish hadak nisha. In other words, obviously the nisham is in the body. So that means the that means the person eats and he's part of the physical world. But the transition was not such a huge transition. He still has maintained some of his spiritual character. And how does that come out? And how he talks, and how he acts, and how he eats. So even though there's no question that there's a crossing over from the physical, from the spiritual to the physical, you're, you're alive, you're in this world. But the, among the people of this world, there are those in whom the transition from the spiritual to physical has been a gentler one. Has been less of, there's been less of a contrast than others. There are others who, like it's two different worlds. There's the Nisham and there's the Guf. And when they come to the world of the Guf, it's thick and loud and juicy and it's just very, very thick. <coughs> so there are some people who even after coming from the world of the Nishama and entering into the world of the Guf, they maintain somehow. They maintain much of the character, a lot of the character of where they come from. It's like the snowflake that somehow the snowflake ended up like in a, in a nice quiet backyard somewhere, not on the noisy street. Maybe it's such a thing. That even in this world, the snowflake is white somewhat. It's, it's maintained some of its whiteness and softness. As opposed to the one that ended up in the slush and the schmutz that got, that got lost. Olav Lava, that person who in this physical world is more gentle and more delicate, he has that personality. For that person, it's much easier to have Yerushalayim. Because he only has... He says, Olav lava rak shlav echad shal hageshim. He has to only go through one level of working on himself. He's already... His, 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 his nature is more refined and, and delicate and spiritual, even though he might not be religious. But the nature is more refined and delicate. He's still, he's still somewhat of a white snowflake. So now he just has to work on Yiddishkeit and Hashem. On Yerushalayim and understanding more about what it means to be a Jew. But he's naturally more inclined to the spiritual and naturally more inclined to feel a sense of awe and, and distance and his battles. He just has to learn how to redirect that his, his feelings of, let's say he had a feeling that he loves cucumbers, he loves rice. 
So for that guy to move over to the next category, to the next level of loving God, it's not that big a jump because his love has not yet become so dirtied and 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 blackened and coarsened by the world. He loves things that are more idle. He loves he loves a soft song. He loves his wife. He loves a girlfriend. He loves something that's a, a, a more of an idle. He loves a, a good book. He loves a poem. You know, he's not he's not like a, you know he's not sitting with his uh, sitting you know uh, in the parking lot before the football game with the barbecue and the guys pounding their chests and you know uh, whatever goes on. He's, you know, his pleasure comes with a nice a nice cup of wine and a good poem and a nice nigga. You know, it's a different personality. So this person's transition to the, to to your shemaim is a softer, easier transition because he has the personality for it. Because his neshama is still being heard. The edelkeit, the softness and the gentleness, is still very much a part of his life. It's just it's in, he loves food, he loves, but he loves he loves things. He loves a poem, he loves a girlfriend, he loves. Okay, persona, but it's still with an edelkeit. So he has one level. Just hold it with it. Wait, wait. He says one transition to make. How do I take these hergeshim that are my emotions that are to, that are, are to begin with connected to the physical world, but in more of a gentle, soft way? How do I bring this now into tyrant fila, and so on? If the person is a double, the hisavus, the thickness is, is on both levels, meaning. First of all, it's no law. It's not just a matter of not being in Shemaim. You're being, in, you're now in the guf. That's one switch from being a pure neshama to getting into the body, into the physical world. That's one level. So that's one hard transition. But the gamidakas lagasis. Not only that, but he's he's gone from even in the physical world. He's not a, he's not in the place of of gentleness and softness, but but in the place of gases. Of thickness and coarseness. Now it's mutalus avidus. This person has two levels of avidus. Two avidus. Rashis, first of all. All of lakachas is aggregation. He has to take his emotions. The ligram to try to make his emotions more refined. To, to, to soften himself when it comes to food and, and things of this world. Yoisazakim, more pure, more refined. And in doing so, he's taken away one of the mechitzas that the body puts up. And in doing so, the neshama is being allowed to express itself more. Because the hergeshim have switched from, uh, um, you know, a, a, a 42 ounce steak. <coughs> They have sometimes you can look at a menu that they bring out with a truck, the steak that they took. So he's already he's already downsized, you know, the physical. It happens very often naturally when a person starts to get older. It's a natural process. It starts to happen with, a, with many people. Not love doctors. Some people have become bigger belly tire. But with a lot of people, it's getting older. Things calm down, get softer. So first, this guy's got to work on on the fact that he's got very loud, out there, outspoken, physical things. Everything's kosher, everything's glock kosher, everything's with a hexer, but very, very loud, out there, coarse, and unrefined.
obviously all of that plays out in, in Yonim that are more personal and more intimate which we're not talking about Now he's moved from loving the the 42-ounce steak to loving the rice and the cucumbers. But but he still he still has to move from there to loving uh, uh, to loving the black kamar and to, to loving ruchnis, Torah and tefillah. That's the next. Okay, so there are two there are two avodas. There are two avodas. One is just quieting down in the world, softening up in the world, becoming more of a darkistic person in the world, and practicing that, and working on that, and keeping your mouth closed, not saying everything that you got in your mind, not eating, not eating everything that you feel like eating. It's not vayda. It's a big avayda. Most people don't bother with that at all. That's a big avayda. Then you become, and doing so, you're revealing more of the neshama. The neshama is starting to become empowered, because the language of the neshama is a language of softness and delicateness. So the neshama is becoming empowered. Oh, now the next level is, now that my neshama is beginning to become stronger and more revealed, to connect that more into the world of Torah and Yerushalayim and Tfim. That's all of it. I write in the Sephiroth, the Yisroimim, to lift up, to be, lift oneself up. From feelings of Gashmias. Emotions that are connected to things, things that are more darkistic. Again, see, he loves the poem. He loves poetry. He loves, uh, like he's a guy that plays tennis in white shorts, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's more of that type. So he's more gentle. He's not, you know, he's not, um, he doesn't go out on Sunday morning with the, with the shoulder pads and the knee pads. He's out there, like, you know, with a paddleboard racket or something. It's already a different mahala. It's a different mahala. So, so to say that, but still, still, he, his emotions or his love is tied up with things of this world. It could be he didn't learn it, he doesn't know, or it could be he's just starting. Or he's just trying to work on it. But it's not avoid it. And, and, and when you skip that, and you try to get straight from being the 42-ounce steak lover to the, to, the, um, to the God lover, or to the Torah lover, or to the Eurasia mind, his love... Is something which we could still is right. That's why most people. I told you last week that love is not so hard for our generation. So there are people that love steaks and they love a country broken, but the, but they're still Isaac in a lot of affairs usually. The people who love love the 42 ounce steak and they also love a country broken. There's a lot of stuff in between the steak and a country broken. You understand? It's not so posh. It's not so posh. So, for a person to first work on quieting his body down. And softening himself, and becoming a quieter, more subtle, and gentle nature, delicate person that itself is nafayda. But in doing so, the neshama is is being strengthened because that's the voice of the neshama, that's the personality of the neshama. Then, then the neshama is able to take on more of a feeling for tire and fitfila, to be more attracted to that as opposed to be attracted to the. To other things, it's more attracted to things. Remember, it's what the neshama loves and how the neshama loves, both. So once there's this work on how to love, then it's also come, then it also goes to the next level of what to love. So how do I love? So my love has become softened and quieter and more gentle for things uh, in that way of and 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 the object of one's love. Actually, the other way, 
when the object of one's love is softer and gentler, moving from the stake to the rice, whatever, so then, then it's not it's no longer just a matter of <coughs> of loving a stake or loving a rice, but of quieting oneself down, hashkata knimis, a softening of the self. The neshama is beginning to be expressed, and then one can turn one's neshama now that it's more expressive. The things that the neshama really loves more, most. What the neshama really loves is tarin a geshmak, a piece of tar, a geshmak, a shmes, right? The neshama really, really. That's what the neshama really loves. The neshama doesn't love the rice or cucumber either, but it's one level less to work on. When the person's body is quieter, the neshama is is making itself known, and there's a softness and a gentleness. So then he's one step closer to Hakadosh Baruch. That's why there's a huge difference in this Nakuda between love and fear. When it comes to love, when it comes to love, it's very, very common we see this that you could have a kid that, that a year ago he was crazy in love with all kinds of, of bad things. And then a little, a little longer, a little while more, he's crazy in love with dancing and singing, you know, and and and, and being by tzaddik. And you could see that. See that that's that transition. That transition because it could be the same loud, could be the same loud, uh, 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 unrefined guy, except last year he was it was for the uh, football game, and now it's lahavdal. Uh, now it's for you know, it's 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 at the uh, some Jewish concert or some place, whatever it is, or he's so kumzitz. But he's still still the same personality. He hasn't changed the personality. But but uh, but when it comes when it comes to Ahava, it's relatively easier, easier, much easier to change the object of love from being something which is very very physical to being something which is more spiritual. That's when it comes to ahava, to love. Because love is chesed, it's more connected to chlal, to, to the guf. So even before you became more of a delicate and gentle person, you, you've moved from loving things that are very physical and loving things that are more spiritual. That's possible. That's easier. So now his argeshem could be, his emotions could be in ruchnias, very, very coarse and unrefined in ruchnias, loud and strong and in ruchnias. So he's still more of a physical person, but he's using that in ruchnias. He's still more of a loud. Uh, a loud external person, but he's using it in the service of Ruchnis, which is very good. Because we still allow him to love. He still feels the emotion of love. And he's able to express love. But that's harder when it comes to year, when it comes to fear. That's much harder. Much, much harder. Therefore, by the people of Nineveh, it says, they called out to God. They, right? They were starting to get more religious. They called out the Chazka with great strength. 
But if you're screaming that everybody hears you, it's already the Kotzkes. The Kotzke didn't have any patience for that. Rebbe Nachman had patience for that, for everything. But Rebbe Nachman said that's the highest screamers when no one else hears you. Rebbe Nachman used to say, speak about being in a crowded room and screaming it out in a crowded room and nobody in the world knows that you're screaming. Nobody in the world knows you're screaming. That's the highest measure of a scream when no one hears it. Kotzka said, "Ain't it He says, "A true person, which is the Kotzka's holding in this world, of course, was truth." And it's say b'chazka. When he yells, he doesn't yell b'chazka. It's not strong. It's not strong. Hutsayik lebari b'kaldim amadak. He cries out to God with his, with a gentle voice, in a gentle way. Therefore, be'ahavi yochel adam lahakdim es hamavra migashimus laruchnis lofnei hamavra migasladak. When it comes to love. You can move over to spirituality, loving spiritual things without even changing your personality. To, to love the Rabbi Shalom, to love Ruchni is this. And only afterwards to work more on becoming really more spiritual and, and, and really more connected to, to the deeper hidden side of life. I will be Yira, but the problem is when it comes to being God fearing. Yira. With Yiri, you have to begin right away. If you want to be more of a God-fearing person, you have to work on an Edelkeit. He says you can't skip. You have to work on, on being, being more more silent, and more of his botless, and more refined, and more humble, and more gentle, more hidden, and more quiet. You can't work on... A year it takes... A year you have to you have to retreat and withdraw. And then to work on Gashmis to Ruchnis. You have to be more refined when it comes to other people, more respectful, more dignified, more silent with other people, and then you can work more on your Shemayim. That's the, that's the order. We're learning a very, very amazing thing. You have to think about it a lot. He says, Because the nature of Yira. Is year by nature is very, very refined and very spiritual. Respect and awe is not the same thing as loving something. Respect by nature is a distance, is spotless and more gentle. That's the nature of year. 
It makes you quiet. It doesn't make you loud. Love makes you loud. Can make you loud. It's very normal, natural. Yira makes you silent. It's the nature of Yira. Therefore, you can't really, really begin to feel a true feeling of Yira until you work on quieting down and softening and refining the personality of the Yiras Shamayim can't really be felt if you're just a regular guy. Like, you know, out there. If you ask a Yid, do you love Hashem? When you ask a person, do you love God? And the person right away says, yes. He says, it's absolutely clear that this person doesn't really know what it means to love. He loves French fries. Right? So it doesn't mean to love. And a person who says, no, I don't love God. It might not be right either. It might not be true. All of them Anybody that's seeking God, it makes sense, it's reasonable to say that once, at least once he felt Ahavz Hashem. It could have been that it was a very coarse, loud feeling, but he felt some love for God. If he says yes, or if he says no, it's probably not true. He has felt something. However, did you ever really feel a true fear of God? Unless he's a person will say, unless he's making believe, or he's imagining, deluding himself, most people would say, most emesthetic people would say, no, I, I can't say that I ever truly felt what it means to be God-fearing. The fear of God. To feel love. Most Jews have felt moment here and there for God of a year Amitis a true fear of God not fear of getting punished not fear of Gehenna it's much harder to feel because it depends on a very very respectful refined and humble personality it's much harder to find uh, that's Hashem will continue next time.